In this episode of the 20s podcast, I'm going to talk about Maya Wella. She passed away just about nine days ago, and her funeral was this past weekend. As I thought about what the next episode of the 20s podcast would be about, I really wanted to honor her life, her legacy, and talk about the struggle that I'm facing currently and trying to wrap my head around the fact that she is no longer here on this earth. This podcast is about being in your 20s, and we've talked about some different topics so far, but the sad reality is that when you're in your 20s and you're blessed to have grandparents who have lived long enough to see you in your 20s, they pass away. And figuring out how to deal with that loss, figuring out how to honor their legacy that you now carry on, is a part of your 20s, is a part of your journey, and also is just a part of the journey of life. And so in this talk, uh, I want to speak about her life, her legacy, her faith, all the different things about her that made her so unique and special to me. And I'm going to miss her a ton. I'm going to miss talking to her. I'm going to miss her prayers. I'm going to miss listening to her as she explained her dreams and talked about her faith. I'm going to miss her a lot. But I hope that over the next however long I'm going to speak about her and her life, I I hope that it is not downcast. I hope that it's not depressing because it shouldn't be. Mayawella lived 90 full years on this planet and she really took advantage of every single year of her life and she made an incredible difference in her world. She has an incredible legacy. She lived an incredible life, a life that I admire tremendously for a variety of reasons that I'm going to talk about over the next few moments that you are listening to this podcast. So I'm going to start in a little bit of an unusual place, but I'm going to start by reading the obituary that was put in the town paper about her. My aunt wrote this. And it's just an incredible overview of her life. So here it goes. Martha Menendez, surrounded by her family, was instantly met by her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on March 6, 2021. The only child of Estella and Oreste, Martha was born in Cuba on February 23, 1931. Raised with her cousin brother, Evaristo, She spent her childhood playing with six cousins, all of whom described Martha as strikingly beautiful with black hair and blue eyes, amazingly athletic, and the most musically talented person they knew. Although her parents insisted on a teaching career, Martha's cousins and aunts secretly enlisted her in singing, dancing, and beauty contests. Unbeknownst to her parents, she won her first singing competition at the age of 14, was crowned La Reina de la Concha, won numerous sports titles, and was a champion endurance swimmer. Her dancing skills were par none. A dashing 24-year-old Jose Menendez soon married the beautiful 20-year-old Martha and immediately took her to live in New York City. Not surprisingly, it only took one winter for the couple to move to Miami, where Teresa, their first child, was born. Jose's career soon brought the small family to Key West in 1954, 
and it was in Key West where Martha was able to contribute to the conch population by giving birth to Maria, Pepe, Martha Rosa, Moraima, and Manuel. Key West became Martha's forever home. She saw little sense in visiting any place else with such beauty already around her. Weather permitting, Martha swam at the Higgs Beach Pier every day from 1954 until the summer of 2020 and taught two generations to swim at the very same pier. She followed her children through the elementary years by volunteering at Truman School and working for their PTA. She encouraged her youngest Manuel to pursue sports and followed all his games. When she insisted that her children pursue dancing and musical instruments, she then went to work for many band boosters, talent shows, and fundraisers to support their arts. Martha and her children took on the music department at both St. Mary's and El Salvador Methodist Church. Almost all of Key West's quince celebrations were choreographed by Martha. She greatly loved participating in Boza's Campanza, I apologize for my poor Spanish, and helping with the children's groups of Las Maochas and Hosanna Praise and Worship. When her son Pepe passed at the age of 29, her spirituality deepened. By the time her second child, Maria, passed, her faith was deeply rooted. At 7 a.m., you could find her in chapel, followed by the 7.30 a.m. Mass. Once finished, she went to Higgs Pier and ministered to anyone needing prayers or counseling. On Tuesday, she stopped in every room at the hospital and gave patients prayers and communion. She then crossed the street to the convalescent center. On Wednesday mornings and Thursday evenings, she led Bible studies. On Friday, she ministered to the female wing of the county jail and gave communion wine during the Spanish Mass on Sunday. She preached at many weddings and funerals, and she kept up the schedule until COVID restrictions stopped her from doing so at the age of 89. Whenever Martha was not churching the unchurched, she was at home on the phone. Martha was known as an intercessor, a prayer warrior who prayed for those in need. All day long, Martha's phone would ring, requesting prayers for the sick, the needy, those going into an operation or traveling somewhere, or those having relationship problems or economic needs. The list was always long, but it was always, always completed. And she was rewarded. With no medical attention for 50 years, leading an active lifestyle and relying on organic food, Martha's pain-free ending could not have been better. In the end, as always, she insisted on loud, uplifting Christian salsa music and having her children and grandchildren dance in front of her. Her motto had always been to choose life, but at the end, she convinced everyone around her to know that if God is with me, who can be against me? Martha was preceded in death by her parents, her husband, and two of her children, but she is survived by her children, Teresa, Maury, Manuel, Martha Rosa, as well as her grandchildren, Scott, Brett, Annalise, Nick, Christina, Michael, Keith, and her great-grandchildren, Noah, Lily, Lucy, Anna, Henry, Cam, and Avery. So that was the obituary that my aunt wrote about my Oella. And a few things really stick out to me when it comes to her life story. The first 
is that she had to push through some real challenges in life. And if you ever got the opportunity to meet my Oella, the first things you would think about her is, wow, she is so filled with faith and she is so filled with joy. You would never know that she had to battle through some incredibly hard moments and difficult, trying times in her life. The obituary mentions how she lost two adult children, one in his 20s and the other in her 30s. Nevertheless, it seemed like with every single hit that Mayawella took, she somehow dug deeper into her faith. She somehow was able to tap into God's joy and God's peace and carry herself in a way that was lighter than when she went through the heavy moments in life. She had this incredible spirit about her, a fighting spirit. I was able to speak, not at her funeral ceremony, but afterwards we had a little bit more of an intimate gathering in the cemetery. And in that gathering, I was able to speak. And one of the things I said is that I missed, I was going to miss holding her hands because her hands were weathered, they were wrinkled, and they they really were that way because of the battle scars of the life that she had lived. Mayawella had to battle through a lot. But she did so with such grace, with such peace, with such faith. It was amazing to watch. It wasn't until later in my adult years, my young adult years, my teenage years, that I learned about how much Mayawella went through as a kid in Cuba and as an adult. All the trying times that she had to face. And when I found that out about her, I was astonished because she seemed like someone who had never been through anything hard in her life. That's the kind of joy, the kind of happiness that she carried herself with. It was always so remarkable. It was always so inspiring. So that stands out to me. Another small thing that stands out to me is how talented she was. As I was reading that obituary, the awards that she won, not just in athletics, but also in music and in dance, She was strikingly beautiful, but she was amazingly talented. And she always wanted to use those talents to perform, to show people that God had given her something unique, something special to share. She always tried to couple her talent with what she felt like her purpose and mission was in life. At the funeral, my aunt spoke about her relationship to dance, Mayawella's relationship to dance, and how she would always try to use dance as a way to tell other people about her faith, her Christianity, and the God that she loved so much. She saw everything as an opportunity to share that faith, and so she was very talented, but she knew early on in her life that she needed to use those talents to show other people the love of God, to show other people that there was something greater than just being talented, something greater than just performing, something greater than just yourself. She knew that so well, and in her life, even in her young life, she was able to match that talent with her purpose of trying to show others the love of God and the face of God. Another thing that jumps out to me is that she was an only child. 
You saw, or you heard rather, at the end, as I was talking about her children and her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren, at her funeral this past weekend, there were hundreds of people, some who flew in from out of town, some who drove in, some who were right there in the city of Key West. Hundreds and hundreds of people came to honor her life, but she started her life as an only child, no siblings. Yes, she had cousins, and as you know, if you are Hispanic, the word cousins can mean a lot of different things, but she had, and I'm putting air quotes now, you can't see me, but air quotes, cousins that were like siblings to her. But I don't even know if she could have imagined the kind of family and love and family friends that she would end up having in her life. The amount of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren she'd be able to enjoy and pray over and bless and make memories with. It's really remarkable to think that this only child born in Cuba would end up in Key West surrounded and celebrated by hundreds of people who are family, family friends, and just those who were touched by her life and the way that she carried herself. It's so remarkable to me when I look back at my Oella's life, when I look back about the hits that she took, when I look back and think about her humble beginnings. It's so incredible to me. But also is one of the things that I admired the most about her is how simple life was for Mayuela. She loved and appreciated the simple things. She loved the taste of a sweet Cuban pastry. She loved swimming in the ocean and believed in the ocean's healing properties. She loved to cook, and her homemade meals were the best meals I've ever had in my life. Her pans, they were probably from the 60s, from Cuba, who knows? Her pans were so filled with juice because she never fully washed them, so it was like this recycled flavor. And so when you were eating a home-cooked meal from Mayuela, it wasn't just about the food or the love she put into creating it. It was literally like eating history because of the amount of flavors seeped into and seared into the pan. She loved the little things in life, walking by the pier and feeling the breeze on her face. She loved all the little things in life, the things that sometimes we look over because we are so busy on our phones or we're so busy working, we're so busy trying to grind and hustle and make things happen for us that we miss the little things. And the fact that I'm calling them little things just shows how our mentality has switched so much over the years and how we are now focusing on things that are probably the wrong things. And I think Mayuela focused on the right things, on the little things, on just the gift of being alive and being able to enjoy God's creation and what God has given us on this earth. She loved the little things. She found so much meaning in the little things. In a private gathering before the funeral, my sister was talking about Mayuela and she mentioned how she never cared about what college you went to or how high paying or how pro high profile your job was. She certainly didn't care how many Instagram followers you had. 
She cared about you. She wholeheartedly cared about who you were and what you believed and how you were doing in life. She cared about having moments with the people that she loved, having conversations and encouraging people that she loved. But there was nothing ever too small or too little for my Oella to pray about and believe about and talk to you about. Her faith really inspired me. And so I actually have a few clips of her talking about some of the things that she believed with strong conviction. And I'm going to play them now for you before I talk about them. So honey, according to the word, life and death is the power of the tongue. So, so please, live life. Talk life. Talk positive. Don't let the devil to take your tongue. No. Keep going on. Do not be afraid. Because... I am Jesus, the macho man. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. <laughs> well, it's not in the Bible, but it's in my, my, in my mouth. I, to me, he is the macho man. Nothing can happen to me because I have him in my heart. And uh, the faith made Jesus to give faith to somebody else, to more people. So he gave me faith. And if he gave me faith, I have to take it. As you heard, my Abuela always wanted to speak life. She talked a lot about the power of words, the power of your thoughts, and how they should always be positive. They should be life-giving. Talking about how we should focus our words and our thoughts on what could happen, what could be possible, what God wanted to do in her life and the lives of those around her. It was the sweetest thing because any time that you mentioned anything negative, she would always remind you to speak life. I got the chance to go down to Key West right before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, and I had a great weekend with my Abuela, just her and I, and we had such a good time. We went to the seafood festival that was down there, and she wore this beautiful red dress. As she was walking out of the seafood festival, someone noticed it and complimented her, telling her how beautiful the dress looked. And she said, oh, yeah, well, it's red. It's red because of the blood of Jesus. And I have to always have the blood of Jesus on me. And it covers me. And I hope you're good. And I'm praying for you. And I love you. <laughs> to this random stranger. After we walked away, she looked at me and she said, I knew I had to wear this red dress because someone was going to ask me about it. She had that kind of faith where she wanted to share with everyone she encountered. She wanted to share. She wanted to share her faith. She wanted to share the love of God. She wanted to love on others no matter what their background was, what their race was, what their past looked like. 
She wanted to love them. She believed that that was her mandate, her mission, her purpose from God. That same trip, we went to go see Bad Boys, the movie, because she wanted to do something fun, and the only movie that was out was Bad Boys, and she wanted to see it. So we went to see it, and Bad Boys obviously has violence and cursing, and afterwards, my Abuela told me that even though the movie had violence and cursing, it was okay because God knew her heart. And I truly believe that God did know her heart. She had a pure heart. She had a heart filled with faith. A heart that was strong and so incredible even till the very end. When Mayuela got her diagnosis that she only had a few weeks to live. Right after the doctor told her and she went home. Before she went home, she actually went to the fire department to thank the firefighters who took her to the hospital in the first place. That's a remarkable woman. A woman who deserves to be honored and whose legacy I feel humbled to carry on. Now, this whole process, finding out just about four weeks ago that Mayuela only had a few weeks to live and then having her pass away and going through the funeral and the burial, this process has been very difficult. Of course, I knew that grieving was difficult and I had lost my grandfather, but I was young. I was 14 years old. And so going through this for really the first time in my adult life, has been one of the greater challenges I have faced. One, to wrap my head around the fact that my Abuela is no longer on this earth is a really hard thing to grasp. I said a couple times how much I'm going to miss her, and I can't overstate that enough. I really am going to miss her a lot. I'm going to miss talking to her. I'm going to miss her prayers. I'm going to miss holding her hand. And trying to process what it means to not have her on this planet is so dang difficult. Walking through the grief of not having a loved one on this earth, it's one of the most, if not the most, gut-wrenching thing that us humans have to figure out and forge a path forward with during our time on earth. My mind has gone through a lot of dark places over the last couple of weeks as we prepared for my Abuela to pass, as we got the news that she passed, and as we walked through her funeral. And every time my mind has gone to a dark place, I've tried my best to remember what my Abuela would always say. Speak life. Speak positive. Life and death is at the power of the tongue. So I don't know exactly how I'm going to get through this. And I'm blessed to have incredible people in my life, family and friends, who have come alongside me and my family praying for us, cheering us on, giving us encouragement, 
And so if you are a family member or a friend who's encouraged me and my family during this time, I I thank you so much. I really do, because without encouragement and prayers from other people, I don't know, I really don't know how we get through this. I still don't know how we get through this. The grieving process is hard. Dealing with a loss is difficult. But I hold on to the hope. The hope that there is something so much greater than just myself. The hope that Maya Wella preached again and again and again to people she had Bible studies with. To the prison that she would visit on a weekly basis to share the word of God to the hospital visits that she would go to and pray for those who were sick and on death's doorstep, to the elderly home that she would visit. I mean, she went everywhere to talk to people about hope. And so even in the despair that I am feeling now and the incredible hurt and loss that the passing of her life has, I have to hold on to the hope that she lived her whole life speaking about. As always, I hope that something that was said in this episode encouraged you. I know I talked a lot about a very specific situation, but it's something that's very personal to me and my life right now, and I'm still figuring out a way how to process it, how to get through it, how to figure out a way forward from here in the middle of this grief. I thank you for listening and helping me share her story, her legacy, and the message that she would really want to come across. There are a ton of things that I missed about Mayoella, but I hope in the last half hour I was able to give you a glimpse into who she was what she cared about, what she loved, and why I believe her life mattered so much, and why I believe it could inspire you as well. So I've definitely gotten a new perspective on things since her passing and her funeral, and I'm going to try my best to live a life that she would have been proud of. So thank you again for listening. And for any of those who are out there who have lost someone recently, I'm praying for you. And I'm hoping that you find meaning and purpose in this moment of your life as you grieve the loss of a loved one. I know I'm not alone in my grief. I'm not alone in this specific situation. There are a lot of people, especially over the last year because of the pandemic, who lost someone close to them, who lost a grandparent and had to grieve, and grieve in ways that were unique because of the challenges the pandemic presented, especially towards the beginning. So for anyone out there who is also struggling with this, I hope that you resonated with some of the pain and some of the emotions and the cathartic feeling I at least have when looking back at Maya Wella's life and finding so much love and purpose and meaning in it. So with that being said, I've said it a few times, but thank you again for listening. And I hope you continue to listen to the 20s podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you.